All right. Hello and welcome to this live session for the Data for Subscriptions podcast. I'm your host, Berat Bonian, and I have a great pleasure of welcoming Stefan Liozu to the show today. Welcome, Stefan. Thanks. Uh, you know, good to be here. It's a bit early morning for you on the other side of uh, the Atlantic Ocean. What time is it for you? Uh, it's 9 a.m. It's, it's uh, late for me. <laughs> it's even late for you. Yeah. Appreciate you taking the time. So, Stefan, before we um, get started, I just want to mention to everybody who signs up and uh, signs in, logs into the session today, that you can drop your questions into the chat box at any moment that you'd like. We'll make sure to pick up your questions along the way, or we'll take them at the end when we have a Q&A session. So feel free to add your questions there. All right. So today's topic, guys, is usage-based pricing, what it is and how we go about them. So why don't we start, Stefan, would you give us a first introduction of what is usage-based pricing? Well, uh, first of all, it's a phenomenon uh, that's uh, right now is popping up right and left. Um, but it's very, in a simple uh, definition, is really charging for what your consumer or customers are using. So there's different, you know, there's different names for it. There's paper use, there is flexible consumption models, there is usage-based pricing. But at the end of the day, very simply put, it's pay for what you use, you know, and avoid uh, paying too much or a flat fee that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes doesn't, you know, um, is not affordable for what you use. So that's, that's a very simple concept. So we're going to dig into the specifics of it. We're going to talk about how you approach it in the best way and how do you mitigate some of the challenge. But what I wanted to start with is let's talk pricing in itself and pricing mm -hmm. psychology. In my view, usage-based pricing provides us a means of a, of a much more sophisticated and a continuously adapted way of pricing what we offer to consumers. What I've observed myself is, for example, it lowers the barrier for adoption for what we offer. It also is perceived typically as fairer. If I consume a lot, I pay for it. If I consume less or stop consuming, I don't pay for it. So it's quite intuitive why we as consumers perceive consumption-based pricing or usage-based pricing a good approach. But I wanted to get your take as a pricing expert. How should we think about pricing as a lever towards our customers? Well, so um, you raise a very good point. Um, you know, usage-based pricing is very, very customer-centric. Um, and uh, it's it's a bit less company-centric, or, you know, and we get into this a little bit later. But if you really want to be close to your customers or the consumers, then you really understand what they do, how much they use, how they use, when they use, and, and match you know, your pricing metric to what's called the value metric, which is really what, how do customers count per movie, per click, per kilobyte, you name it. So obviously you need to do it well, but you truly need to understand your consumers and customers in B2B and, and match your pricing model to that. So it's very friendly. Um, and as well, it evolves with the usage patterns of your uh, customers, consumers. This is why we need a maturity model because in some industry, in some sectors, the consumers are getting much more sophisticated. You know, they want to buy sometimes uh, per magazine or per article or even per uh, link. So 
you have to be able to follow your consumer patterns. Um, and, and, and the opposite of that is, you know, is pricing that's very uh, un- inflexible or, you know, I would say static. Um, and, and more and more today, as um, uh, consumers are changing their uh, purchasing behaviors, they just like they look at some of these uh, models as antiquated. And as you think about the next generation of, uh, of uh, you know, like Generation Zs and, and the one after that, you know, they just use a lot. And uh, they just want to be free. <laughs> Let's put it this way: If you want to be free, I click here, I pay. I, I don't click, I don't pay. It's you know. So the concept of a, 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 a kind of a hybrid of a freemium with a, a, a usage model is much more appropriate for them. Right. So we exemplified numerous of the consumer type services now do you see a difference when it comes to consumption based pricing between b2b business to business versus b2c oh yeah for sure i mean uh, in the b2b uh, world it, it's just starting i mean in the man- in some manufacturing sectors the paper use has been uh, um, in existence for a while in the b2c world uh, you know we've been using usage-based pricing for a long time, you know, in banks, uh, with banks, with telecom companies, and even healthcare. So uh, it's not new. So a lot of consumers are already used to see bills um, when they can make sense out of them, you know, because you remember the good old days where we get uh, uh, telecom bills that we try to uh, understand them, but that's a different topic. But uh, we've been using usage-based models for a long time in B2C. Uh, B2B now is starting to uh, take off. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, the amount of competition in the software space and many companies are investing in the, in the SaaS uh, um, model. And uh, and they realize that, uh, gee, you know, I have 20 competitors that are doing the same subscription. So I need to kind of uh, change that. And then a lot of pushback from uh, consumer, uh, customers in B2B. So it's not at the level of B2C, but it's coming. It's, it's uh, increasing uh, steadily. Okay, let's dive right into it because you have developed a quite an intuitive maturity model for how to go about introducing usage-based pricing. You want to walk us through first, how does it look like your model? Well, so the model is, uh, uh, first of all, based on a lot of discussions and a lot of reading uh, about around business, um, you know, usage-based pricing models, the business model, the operating model, and the pricing model. And really... Um, it's a five-step traditional five-step maturity model from uh, very simple to the very very advanced the uh, the future state I would say uh, and um, and and what's important to understand is uh, uh, with the maturity model is that uh, it's sequential and uh, and really uh, especially when you we get into complex uh, advanced pricing which I, I consider usage-based pricing a more complex uh, pricing strategy and pricing model. Uh, then you have to go slowly but surely, making sure that you you become mature before you get to the next level. So, uh, level one starts with a very simple uh, subscription model with some maybe uh, insignificant or very small uh, consumption uh, components like add-ons or services or per hour uh, professional uh, consulting services. So, but the the fundamental model in that level one is the subscription uh, and and then you start uh, you know playing around with things that, that could be moved into usage and so imagine that without a lot of companies still don't do subscription so it's it's not like you can go from hey i'm selling 
equipment or product or services one time in, in a transactional fashion to go all the way to level three. So you got to start uh, getting very familiar with recurring models and then eventually introduce things outside of your subscription. So you may have a flat fee uh, per month, but you may have additional you buy uh, services or support hours or, or you know tickets or so that's that's the uh, the basic. Then you get into uh, uh, really uh, the, the the next step is is quite a big jump where you already introduce uh, usage components into your subscription. So uh, you know you may have um, you know the, the subscription model by uh, by sales revenue or volume or transaction. You know where you would have a, you know a, a hybrid model. With, you know a a, a subscription component and a, uh, a usage component. So, uh, and that already is a big step um, because yeah. you truly need to understand now uh, the, uh, the the consumer even more, uh, the customers, and stop paying attention to data because that that's where you know is it's not a simple bill every month. It's a simple bill, but you have to count, you have to measure, you have to meter, you have to right. uh, make sure the data is right. So it really starts with introducing the complexity of, uh, of uh, you know, of your, uh, so generally speaking here, you would have a, a, a single metric, you would have one metric, usage metric that you will introduce in your hybrid model. Um, and it could be, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a number of uh, um, uh, hours or a number of uh, sessions or, but it's, it's a very simple. So, but I, I, I don't mean it's simple uh, in a way that, you know, you got to, it's simple to get done. It's, it's kind of a simple to design and, and, and conceptualize. The level three is, uh, you know, again, another big jump when you get into multi-metric. Uh, but so from you to your, uh, your consumer, your customers, then you offer uh, now the possibility to invoice and bill or bill based on several metrics. Now that introduced a, a huge complexity, uh, not only on data uh, gathering and and making sure the data is uh, high quality to be able to invoice, right, and to count uh, in a good way, uh, but also you know uh, you have to have a, a way to put the, the multiple metrics in your <laughs> in your software, right? So uh, so. Here, it why do you move from a single metric to multi-metric is really you want to differentiate yourself uh, from competitors, and you also maybe respond to uh, the customer request for hey, it's not fair that you charge me per document where I actually I have you know I, I invoiced my customers by hours or by document or by reports. Why should I only pay you per document? So this is a type of. Uh, uh, discovery you would do before obviously you design your pricing uh, model by doing customer interviews uh, truly understand the value uh, uh, metric the customers require and you know prioritizing them and you may think that they uh, one is not good enough but that yeah. is one way right so you get into uh, you know uh, i have consumer and customers and i sell to them in a multi-metric uh, usage-based pricing model that's level three before um, we jump to level yeah. four, because already yeah. on level three, it's uh, there's a significant amount of complexity that is being introduced. Because just to state maybe the obvious for you, but it could be good for anybody listening to hear you explain it. 
if we look at it from a metric perspective, another way to say that you want to introduce as many ways uh, for your customers to conveniently consume and pay for what they consume. Yes. So in theory, you want to be able to, if you work with business development or marketing at a firm, you want to be able to provide as many options as possible because that might be the best way to cater for all of your customers' needs. Correct. The challenge then is that for every new metric that you introduce, uh, it's a significant increase yeah. of complexity. Is that the case? Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, so not only on the... Uh, you know, so you, you could design it easily on paper on Excel, but then you have to include that in your uh, in your uh, entire tech stack. And uh, right. this is where it gets very complicated. And what you're trying to avoid is manual work, right? Um, and uh, multi-counting and, you know, uh, and, you know, and what happens if it changes in between. So there's, it introduces another level of, uh, you know, um, Yes, complexity, but you know uh, capabilities that uh, your firm is going to have to consider uh, in accounting, in billing, in you know, and and if it doesn't work well, you'll see significant revenue leakage, uh, which is something that you want to avoid. And then you know uh, you need to be credible in front of your customers. You need to make sure that you work well. Uh, you have transparency in your invoicing, in your billing, and uh, and you don't spend hours and hours dealing with you know, customer calls that say, hey, I don't understand what you build me, you know, um, and it. doesn't seem right. So, it. <laughs> so it, it's, I would say every jump in the maturity model is a, a significant jump. So if you only do, um, you know, a single-sided type of uh, relationship where you, you sell to your customers or consumer and, you know, you would potentially stop at level three, but keeping in mind that, if you have a deep sec customer segmentation process, you may do things from level one, two, and three at once. And that's even more complex than what you said before, because now you may have a, a very uh, advanced group of sophisticated customers that want multi-matrix usage, and they want to only pay clearly uh, for what they use, um, you know, um, and, and they'll tell you very quickly. But you may have a group of customers that are price buyer where you would just do a a flat subscription right now you know um as you, as you get into good better best and you get into different bundles and functional bundles it's you know the complexity is you multiply the complexity tenfold because now you you manage multiple model some of them usage based some of them subscription based or transactional yeah. based and now everybody in your it team and your accounting team is going poof <laughs> and uh, and, and <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to get into the, I think, the, the both the, the yeah. tech stack, as you referred to, or quote the cash process in the back end yeah. uh, in a minute, which is going to be exciting. But why don't we touch uh, level four and five, which we didn't get to quickly as well, yeah. and then we'll get back into the tech stack related. So four and five, we get into more of a platform type of a move away a little bit from the SaaS to more of a platform as a service when you do, yeah. uh, you know, really multi-sided platform and you have multi-metrics, multi-channels. So you may sell through different channels, through different type of customers, and it's two ways. So you have to be able to count and measure not only what you buy, what you sell, how you transact. And that is um, even more complex as you can imagine with that because you have to uh, have an engine that could that can not only count what you buy, what you sell, you know, the transactions among a, a very large potential group of, uh, of, uh, of, you know, 
So an Airbnb, for example, could be a good case yeah. for you, you need to make sure that you address all the stakeholders in your platform. Uh, so that's a whole different level of complexity, obviously, and uh, and the data that's uh, required is is tremendous. Um, yeah. Right data, high quality data um, to be able to invoice um, and count, because now you get paid by transaction. You know, you're introducing another monetization tool, uh, commission, transaction fees, access fees, plus a subscription, plus the usage. So it uh, the level of monetization sophistication is high. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what we need to get done and manage for to get this done because yeah. the upside and the appeal is quite clear and you well explained at the different stages why the case for it because it's just simply a lot of things that need to work i think we also shouldn't forget but maybe for another day's conversation that there's a whole host of organizational and competency and culturally related aspects as well when companies make this journey but for today as we're going to focus on the tech stack and the quote to cash let's start talking about the aspect of data because you mentioned that several times how important it is with data quality but before we get to uh, that specific question of data quality oftentimes i find when we speak about these topics we say data data but here we're mm -hmm. speaking specifically about customer usage data or sometimes referred to as revenue data why is this so special this type of data well first of all you you have a lot of data in your company and and it's it's a matter of finding the right data that you need specifically to funnel to be able to invoice accurately and the data may be in multiple sources um and in, in different format languages and you need to uh, make sure it gets extracted and combined and enriched in a way that you can precisely invoice and count. And the, the last thing you want is being non-transparent. So the quality and the accuracy of data uh, needs to be from the, the very beginning of the process needs to be the best of the best. And this is typically where I would already see a lot of uh, breakdowns in uh, uh, companies' willingness and intention in using usage-based pricing and, and extracting the data. So you could, you you know, it's so there is automated extraction and there is manual extraction and feeding into. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, but I think it's it's um, at time, you know, it depends on the complexity of a company. But it, let's say uh, you you acquire a bunch of companies, you put them together, you have multi-systems, and now you have integrated your go-to-market with products and but then you have to find the data in a, in a kind of a maze of systems it's it's not easy it's uh and the, the data uh you know doesn't come naturally you got to funnel it to the right place so uh, this is why you have data uh, analyst scientists and good uh, forensic accountant <laughs> that will go and find uh, where where is the data how do i need to extract it and put it in the funnel and and the funnel is typically uh, a data architecture that will, with a data highway that will go into the data intelligence uh, uh, hub, uh, some you know kind of a digital route hub, and and you know do what it needs to be uh, uh, go through uh, uh, to be able to then build and and the rest of the code to cash process. So right. extremely extremely obviously important because not only the quality but the precision because what you don't want is have a million phone calls from your customers and say, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> so if I would summarize why the complexity of this occurs is because 
data, let's call it usage data in this case now, usage data comes and sits in many different places. Correct. Uh, of course, it relates to the consumption of the customer, but it could also sit in anything from your CRS system, your ERP system, your billing system, and it needs to go back and forth. We're still providing a fairly simplified view of when we're speaking about the quote to cash process and being able to manage for all the different variations and formats of data yep. where the systems need to speak to each other. Okay, so let me let me ask you the question of uh, billing systems because there is, I believe, a, a perception that well, to solve for this, you you have to address the billing system, and I and I like a quote that I actually have in front of me now that that uh, I picked up from you. Billing systems need to adapt to innovative pricing models, not the other way around. What do you mean by that? Well, so. Um... Usually, um, as you evolve in your pricing maturity, um, you know you've started with a, a, a very simple billing system and maybe have upgraded, uh, you know, um, um, graduated to a more advanced one. But there's, you know, billing systems that are excellent for subscription and that, you know, level one or two of a single metric uh, of uh, the maturity model. But when you get into the multi-metric and you get into level four, it's, you know, it's not appropriate and and a lot of the time they're not native systems so they you know you would take a company that requires you know a bunch of other companies and they put them together and trying to solve the usage base uh, uh, formula but it's it's very not well integrated and you have uh, you know a lot of connectors and apis and so it's it's you know so depending on where you are on the maturity model and we didn't even talk about level five which is you know the metaverse cyber secured you know web3 type of uh token you know um multi-channel multi-metric so this is uh, you know this is advanced billing system because you really need to have a blockchain and the capability to do digital wallets and advanced payment so not every billing system is gonna, you know, is gonna be able to go to the higher level of maturity. Uh, uh, and a bit of my frustration is they all claim that they do consumption uh, pricing or usage-based pricing, but which one? Because there's definitely multi, <laughs> multi, uh, you know, mature maturity uh, levels. And so, uh, to answer your question, then you know, uh, a lot of the time the. The, the creativity in pricing and monetization is constrained by the billing system. And uh, it's unfortunate because, first of all, if you manage to respond to the customer needs, it creates a huge amount of frictions internally, which, generally speaking, prevents fast scaling. So right. companies that are you know good candidates for usage-based pricing, they want to scale fast in automatic way without friction. And my experience is it's, it doesn't happen if you've constrained by the billing system. And, and then you know that then you have to spend quite a bit of time readjusting manual interactions, finding the data, cleaning the data. So really, you really need to evaluate billing system and use the right one based on what you're trying to achieve. Now, this is also something that I share from the experience, experience I have is that billing systems Maybe to some obvious, but it seems it's not fully clear to the masses. Billing systems were never built to manage for this kind of sophisticated pricing models. I think there's a 
misconception perhaps that it can, but what it ends up doing is that it it then adds a tremendous amount of uh, OPEX costs where you have to do a lot of engineering, if we call it that, to make sure that it works. There's a lot of manual labor and steps involved and still that ends up being quite error prone. So there's definitely better ways of doing it. There are some best in class companies that are already doing it. Um, of course, some of them who we work with, but of course there are others as well that are doing it without necessarily digital route being involved. But those are the ones who have to come to the point. Those are the ones who understood that managing the usage data flow across the quote to cash system is imperative. Yeah. Once you manage to get your head and hands around that, then you can a already leverage many times your existing quote to cash stack if you will as is or at least not having to take on massive transformation projects which of course is costly but also risky mm -hmm. yeah so uh, that's, aspect. that's a good point so right now the uh, the billing space is is very innovative and you have a lot of new companies coming out uh, to address that complex side of the usage based pricing um, spectrum and it's very promising but the vast majority of the market is traditional subscription and and level one of usage-based pricing this is where you see the biggest penetration of usage-based pricing now if i'm a billing system company today and i don't have the capabilities and data i go to partner very quickly with digital route i don't you know make my own system because it's 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 not as easy as they think to get the data and put it in a, an environment that is appropriate to 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 bill and, and to collect so you know don't don't reinvent the wheel there's you know companies that specializes in that and your company is one of them and just do a partnership and and plug it in plug the, the engine in um and, and get going but i think it's at the end of the day it's all about customer satisfaction and you know if you match uh, your customer um value metric how do they buy what do they use and you do that very very high quality uh, data I mean, you're you're in good shape, and so don't improvise with the data intelligence engine. You know, use a company that does that for a living. Yeah. Let's take some questions, uh, Stefan. There were some that have come in, and let's see if more will do before we get to kind of do a good summary for our audience here. The first question is: Is the future usage based or hybrid based business model? So it depends on who you read and what you read. I would say for me, it's hybrid, uh, hybrid with an increased level of complexity. Um, and it's um, it's even more hybrid as far as uh, price. So the single pricing model will be more hybrid. But as you go into customer segmentation, as I mentioned, the, the level of complexity and I what I call like hybridity or uh, hybricity uh, increases because you have to have multiple um, pricing model for uh, for segments and uh, you know it's you can't force advanced usage models to companies that just don't have the first of all the usage second of all the, the sophistication you know and and uh, and remember some CFOs and your customers will may not want to have usage based pricing because then you know their fear the pro predictability so at the end of the day, the complexity increases at all level, um, and you got to be ready for it. So another question that came in, um, perhaps, I mean, you already answered that to some extent, but it's good to repeat it based on this question. So for hybrid model, which level does that fall into? 
based on your five so, levels that you described so it's it starts at one and it it never stops uh, so uh, okay. but remember this maturity model is it's it's really not uh, limited in the hybrid design you could have you know a multi-metric that's you know 100% usage so it's in essence that is not hybrid but you could have a multi-metric with an access fee a subscription access fee with two metrics and a bunch of add-ons that are also usage-based so each level will have a different level of hybridity you know or hybridity I, I, I think I'm, I'm making up that word but uh, <laughs> but we're moving towards a lot more hybrid model and and the design of it this is where we get into monetization innovation you know which now you're able to design things Imagine you're moving into level four, which is a platform, multi-sided platform, and you really reap the benefit of your platform by collecting fees and subscriptions and usage fees. And you don't leave money on the table because your data is available and your billing system can handle this. Yeah. Nice second that. I think the term of hybrid is fairly recent. I probably noticed more and more conversation around hybrid around two years back, I would say. Maybe mm -hmm. it started earlier, but that it became more prominent in, let's say, in the industry. Sometimes hybrid is used for many different means. For example, mm -hmm. a company that is just doing traditional sales, but is stepping into subscriptions as well on top of continuing with their, let's say, 50-year-old core business of selling a mm -hmm. product plus traditional support. They call that hybrid. Correct. Naturally, as you explained, hybrid means that you're providing some form of a flat fee plus variations on top of. Mm -hmm. I think if we go with that definition, most likely hybrid is the end-all be-all, but it comes in many different flavors and sophistications. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And companies that are very traditional companies already did. They sell engines and then they sell maintenance contracts and service contracts. Yeah. That's already hybrid. Um, but I agree Absolutely. with you. But I think when you when you focus on pricing model being hybrid it's it's i think it's different um and and the future will be in you know a lot more outcome based than usage based or the combination of both so you see industries already moving to outcome based pricing which also needs the usage component yeah that's a great point though i think that's a very important point because we should separate between usage based pricing and outcome based in itself okay we have another good question coming in here how can business-to-business -business software companies determine if usage-based pricing is something they should consider at all? Well, first of all, listen to your customers. <laughs> They'll tell you. Um, uh, and when they start churning, when you start losing customers right now, the SaaS uh, growth has slowed down and customers are starting to really reconsider uh, subscriptions, then you need to be ready to offer an alternative. And maybe your company is not ready to move to subscribe to a usage based, but you know what? Uh, you may have to uh, be ready with an alternative and, and tell your internal CFO or CEO, hey, we have no choice because we're starting to churn and uh, customers are starting to churn and, and we can't retain them. Uh, so more customers and consumers are going to ask for usage. And you see that already in the, what's called the subscription fatigue um, you know, phenomenon on the, on the consumer side. Um, so that's the first uh, uh, trigger. The second is your competitors are moving fast and furious with pure usage-based model. And then here you are left standing with your traditional subscriptions, which you know may be used or not, so depending on the adoption level. So 
you know, it's uh, then you don't want to be left <laughs> on your own with, uh, and you will see very quickly your uh, your subscription uh, uh, rates being uh, challenged. So, um, so, and you know, and number three is markets are changing. You know, markets are changing. There is a disruption right and left, and uh, I think being ready with hybrid model is something that uh, you know a, a company should should do uh, because more and more we're talking about outcome, recurring uh, business models, and 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 the world is you know changing us uh, at fast speed so you see some industries for example like uh, entertainment uh, you know and media and music totally being disrupted in a matter of five years away from buying to using why why would not that uh, be the case in your industry you know you could argue <laughs> Absolutely. I'll just expand on it from a B2B perspective, whether it is related to uh, the different companies that we engage with from digital routes. In fact, I could even reflect on it from my own perspective because we're going through some form of optimization in the company as well due to the economic climate. What happens? Well, we pay for lots of different licenses for our tech stack. And they are typically very traditional. You pay for 10 seats. And what happens when you're supposed to reduce um, cost? You go down to five seats. Now, imagine if there would be a more adaptive pricing model, which is what we've been discussing here today mm -hmm. with usage-based. Then it's not that crude five or 10 seats. It's more based on usage. Now, that today for many of the licensed providers is not the case. Now, even in many of the cases with huge manufacturing companies that we discussed with from Digital Route, it's more or less the same. Mm -hmm. At extreme high levels of, um, let's say, business and software for whether it's construction or manufacturing processes, it is still the same logic. So I can definitely see that even in that more traditional industry where it's moving to your point, Stefan, whereas we've seen this shift obviously more in the consumer space because of content mm -hmm. media, but it is coming. Yeah, it's, um, and you know, and, and, Right now, the limitation really is being able to forecast usage, and um, and you start seeing billing systems providing that forecast intelligence because uh, that's where customers uh, and consumers, you know, maybe customers on the B two B, they need to have a a little bit of predictability in usage, and uh, if you have an engine that can do that for them based on the historical data, that's that's you you're a winner. <laughs> And I was meaning to ask you this question a little bit later after the Q&A part, but let me ask it now, because we've spoken about a lot of the upsides of usage-based pricing. Mm -hmm. And you've, of course, spoken about the challenges of getting there. So but one specific question is, are there any downsides with usage-based pricing? And I, to kind of not to ask too much of a leading question, the one that you mentioned now is one of the areas that I typically hear as a bit of a fear because yeah. you don't have the same predictability or is this the only one do you see other downsides well so if you, if you 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 do some reading on the pros and cons on usage based pricing on the con side you'll see uh, obviously the complicated internal complications you know the fact that you need to uh, my need to do some manual work and uh, the tech stack is not following so another one is indeed the predictability of the usage and do you rely on what the customer is telling you or do you have a forecasting engine that can do that uh, because you do have the data uh, so it's predictability uh, another one is salesforce uh, compensation uh, you know when you move towards usage there's uh, lots of complication in um, in in that aspect 
Um, but most of um, when I when I help companies to do this, that transition, the transition is not easy. And that, um, you know, it uh, you know, that good saying that the culture eats strategy for breakfast. Well, it happens in that transition as well. A lot of pushback, a lot of change management, a lot of, uh, you know, courage to change your tech stack. And is your product, uh, can, can your product be, uh, uh, you know, packaged in a different way? Are you, you know, can you? you know, do some gatekeeping. And I mean, it's, it's huge implications. And, and a lot of time I go in companies and they think it's easy and then they, you know, kind of, a, <laughs> they ask some questions about, do we do this or not? But, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, it changes the game. It changes your company's DNA. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's an innovation and uh, you're here. If the customers and the consumers are asking for it, you have no choice. Yeah. We'll take a few more questions, Stefan, before we uh, summarize our conversation for today. So one question here is, understanding bills on usage has been an issue for B2B. Talk to any engineer trying to explain AWS bills to finance department to find out. How do you solve for this one? Well, so yeah, but you know, it, it's back to what I was saying before. You can't do all that work and go to finance and then expect to understand out of the blue, what usage is, and now they look at bills and like, I have no clue, I don't know. So it is a change of culture. It is about, you know, so when I do the work, I do that in a multifunctional manner and I bring everybody in, including finance, and I, I really show them what usage is all about and how it looks differently on bills, on paperwork, on sales and general conditions, on the legal side. And, and it's much more integrative, which means you have a better chance at explaining because we know already. So uh, you cannot do a usage-based pricing transition without finance being involved, not only on the buying side, but also on the selling side. And it's a change of mindset for sure. But I agree, some of the bills are too complex and uh, simplicity is the name of the game in usage-based pricing, transparency and simplicity. Got it. Next question is, are there any value metrics that are particularly well suited for usage based yes there is and that's the one that the customer want <laughs> and you know so uh, uh frankly uh it it takes you know it takes a little bit of a, a voice of customer research and truly understand the value metric or value metrics that the customer care about if you ask the customer they, they probably don't know but you ha really have to look at how they consume how do they think what's important in the PL? how do we communicate to their customers so you want to be fully aligned as much as possible so i i, I want to um maybe advise the audience not to always go back to one metric and uh, to think about in terms of several metrics even if you only use one to begin with um, there is no doubt uh, different metrics that the customer is thinking in terms of right and in the language and the day-to-day uh, you know, vocabulary of customers, find them and validate them and don't rely on just the internal point of view. So, you know, like Steve Blank will say, get out of the building and talk to customers and do some mm. research and, uh, and come back with options and then you validate them. And, and, you know, it, it, any pricing changes will require some testing and validation and make sure that, uh, you don't upset your customers. So you have to really have to know them. All right, Stefan, my final question to you then from me, we've said a lot of good things during this conversation today. 
if I'm now a customer in a specific business, either considering to step into the first level of providing subscription-based, usage-based type, or if I've been testing a little bit, what is your advice to me how I can basically take the right steps so that I set myself up for success? What are the three things that you would send me off with? Well, the first one would be um, revisit your segmentation and revisit your customer um, insights and uh, and get to the bottom of this. Uh, right now, things have changed dramatically in the COVID and the supply chain crisis and now the uh, <laughs> you know, third bank, which is, uh, you know, inflation, um, you, you have to get closer again to your customer population and truly understand what's going on there, uh, changing patterns. The second one is I'd always like to do an assessment of your capabilities as far as are you ready for usage-based pricing? Are you ready internally with your tech stack, so an inventory of the tech stack, looking at, you know, for example, um, you know, uh, can you feature gate your product? Because if you if you segment and you have now multiple things that can be buy based on consumption, uh, can be bought based on consumption, then you have to be able to change your product. And a lot of companies have built products that are so big that they cannot version it. Um, so that, you know, I, I go through these, look at the products, look at the R&D, the engineering and, and the tech stack and look at, hey, are, are we ready for something like this or not? Uh, that includes also the bill, you know, the code to cash technology stack. Uh, you know, can I invoice? Can I bill? Can I collect? Uh, can I get paid? Uh, you know, online, etc. Um, and then uh, the third one would be uh, for everybody to speak the language of pricing. And I do quite a bit of training to explain the trend, what's going on, why. You know, how is that differentiating for for your company? Why do you need to do it now? Who does that in the market? Um, and that creates a sense of uh, you know credibility and security within the teams, because if you only have a couple of people doing that on their own and they want to introduce that to the rest of the the organization, it's just very complicated to accept it. So um, you know, so that I start with this and a good assessment, understanding the voice of customer, and then really doing some basic training that sets you up for then a roadmap. And you realize that the companies may they may they want to go to level three of the maturity model where they're not even ready for level one. So I'm like, hey, slow down here, and and it, we're not talking two years. We're talking you know three to six months. You know, let's start looking at the fundamentals of your business. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stefan. I really appreciate your time, and I appreciate all of the insights that you've shared with us. And thank, thank you to everybody me. listening. That takes it uh, uh, towards the end for today. Thanks so much, everybody. See yeah, you next take time. Take care, everybody.